Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's going to take the next few minutes to share some great words of hope, insight, humor, and relevance. In today's lost and searching world, that's something everyone desperately needs to hear. Speaking of that, we'd love to keep this conversation going with you anytime through our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, there's so many ways to connect with us from there that you really need to check it out for yourself, richardellistalks.com. But right now, let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Big Game. First Peter chapter 5 We'll start at verse one and we'll read down to the verse and then we're gonna jump back over in the Old Testament and move our way from left to right and look at some verses here today. The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves, and look at this verse, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. There are a lot of people in the world that spend their lives trying to lift themselves up, build themselves up. Look at me, notice me, be aware of me, pay attention to me, give some accolade to me. And here he says completely the opposite, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, in his time, if that's what's supposed to happen. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. And then the verse I want us to look at today a little bit. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Who is the big game? As it turns out, believers are the big game. In terms of the hunting metaphor, especially if you intend to do anything that matters in the kingdom of God. Now, if you're just a POW and you've gone AWOL or you're a prisoner of war, you're just out there, you say, well, nobody's after me. That's probably not a good thing. If you're not getting shot at, there's a good chance you're not anywhere near the battlefield. You say, well, I don't seem to be having the struggles everybody else has. If I said everybody in here who's being tempted and having some kind of struggle, the hands would go up because we all get hit with different things in different ways. You say, well, is it all drugs, alcohol, sex? Is it all that? Those may be big ones for some people, but for other people, some people, it's just about staying. The big temptation is I'm just going to bolt. I'm going to leave this husband. I'm going to leave this wife. I'm out of this relationship. I'm going to abandon my children. I'm going to just walk away. And so the temptation is to destroy a home by just somebody walking out, not doing the right thing in some area. You say, well, is it all about do's and don'ts? No, but it is about being aware that especially if you're a believer, you have someone after you. You are a target. I am a target. 
Now you say, well, I don't have a struggle. The reason you may not have a struggle is because you have succumbed to your temptation. You say, well, I'm not struggling with this sin anymore. Exactly, you're just indulging. (laughs) So there is no struggle. But the struggle is coming and that the consequence of that indulging, that sin, that temptation is gonna get you. This thing, it's just how life works. There is consequence. Now let me read this one verse again. The verse before, we're talking about being humble. So if you're gonna be proud and say, well, I don't need any help and I got this under control and you you can't tell me how to live and I don't need God or anybody else in my life, I've figured things out, that's not humility. Now you're in trouble to begin with. But if you start at this with humility, be sober, be vigilant. Literally being sober is not a bad thing. A lot of people get in trouble not being sober. A lot of lions take people out in that way. Be sober, so you're paying attention, be vigilant. Most of us know if I'm gonna be taken out, I know where he's coming. So you say, well, what is it you're saying to watch for? You watch for that attack. You say, well, is there no other way that he could attack me? Certainly there is, but until you figured out how to negotiate that issue, he's probably not gonna graduate to something else because he doesn't need to waste troops attacking you in a different way. It's a lay down every time he hits you. Now look at what this says here. Be sober, be vigilant, why? Because your adversary, and this is, you know, for some people they say, what are you talking about? The devil and Satan, you know, that's only Saturday Night Live, it's just a joke. There's no Satan. You know, this isn't real stuff. You don't think the devil's real until you've gotten your butt kicked by him a few times and you start believing he's real. You realize there is an enemy. You have an enemy. You personally have an enemy if you're a believer. Your family has an enemy. Your purpose, God's plan for your life, it has an enemy. There is someone out there, John 10, 10. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There are a couple of plans. You have to pick the plan. I have to pick a plan. And if you don't pick a plan, let me tell you something. You have picked a plan by not picking a plan because it will default not to good, but to evil. You say, well, but I don't care about that now. And kids get sucked into this, kids in high school, young kids, but especially high school, going off to college, they go, I'm gonna hit the big hold button in heaven and say, God, I'll be back in a little bit and think they can just default and do whatever is happening and it's all gonna be okay. Let me tell you something. I spend a lot of my week sitting down with people who hit the hold button and it's not okay. And they got massive struggles and terrible memories and shame and pain and consequence of that life if they had just made some wise decisions and said, you know what, I don't have a good feeling about this. I hear the lion in this situation. Now, this is what's amazing. I used to have this picture of the devil as sneaking up on me. You know, you think about, I have this panther, kind of prowling panther who would kind of eat to the brush and come up on me, you know, about to pounce on me. That's not what the Bible says. No such thing in there. He ain't sneaking up on anybody. What is it describing as? Your adversary, the devil, walks about, he's not even running, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he announces himself, and we still don't run, right? You hear the roar. I was out at some place, some camp or some place they had wild animals trapped, and I don't even think I knew they had lions out there. I have never heard a sound like this. It is a crazy sound. 
it has this depth and resonance and just reverberates within a certain distance. You know when the line is around, but we just stand there. He comes at us, he walks up to us, he roars and announces, I am here to devour you. And we just say, well then have at it, take me, I'm yours. Now, how long are you going to let that go on before you say, you know what, this is not working out for me. I don't want to live this life. When I hear the roar that I somehow say, the last time I got eaten alive, the pain that there was associated with that pleasure is no longer greater than the pleasure, I'm out. Now, why do you think I keep going over this over and over and over again? Because this is where most Christians get killed. We are getting our brains beat in all week long with sin, temptation, these struggles. Some of them we don't talk to anybody about. We manage to put ourselves together, stumble into some building, sing some songs, give a little money. We do what we're supposed to do and then just barely get out to the car, fight all the way home or just take a deep breath and go, wow, that's over and I hope I can make it through another week. You are not supposed to just be surviving. This isn't a survivor island. This is a victorious, winning, succeeding, way above what anybody's thinking. You don't have to get your butt kicked every week, all the time, for the rest of your life. Listen for the roar. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And he says, and do this, knowing that the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. In other words, wake up. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. And then look at this last verse. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Now here's how crazy this is. If you are an alcoholic and you have alcohol in your home, you're an idiot. Does that make sense? You say, well, but it's for visitors. It's for people who visit my house. No, it's not. It's for you to sneak in the middle of the night and get you a hit because that is the lion in your home. You say, well, you're being all legalistic. No, I'm trying to help you survive. There is a real enemy. There is a lion that is roaring in your life, in your home. You gotta get rid of this stuff. I'll give you an example. The cable company, they'll make you a deal. They'll give you a free cable for three months. Sign up for cable. I signed up, I just want the basic channels, right? The golf channel, that's a basic channel. They wouldn't let me have just that one because I thought that would be the safest one, you know. So you start running your finger through the fire and they say, okay, well, basic cable. But sir, I'll tell you what, for three months, we will give you free cable. And if you call us at the end of that time and say you don't want it, then we will shut it down and you'll go back to basic cable. But see, then you start playing with your cable. And next thing you know, there's a movie. It was free. It's there. Now you have access to stuff you should not be looking at. And you say, well, how did this happen? Now I'm back in this cesspool. I'm back in this nightmare. And you say, well, why isn't anybody talking about this? We're talking about it. You've got to get rid of the stuff that creates problems. My kids, it drives them crazy. The computers at my house, they'll go to get on something and there's a block that comes up on the screen. And then we can't get in this. We can't get to this site, Dad. You know what? I got a house full of women. If they want to go to Victoria's Secret and buy stuff, that's okay for them. I don't need to be shopping, right? 
He said, but Richard, you know, you're going too far. You're being too absolute. We live in a real world. Yeah, and I have to sit privately one-on-one, one-on-two with the casualties of this crazy war. You say, well, but I'm not going to cheat on my wife. It's just, you know, that girl at the office, she's kind of cute. And I took her to lunch because I'm trying to mentor her. That's the one I think is so brilliant. And you say, well, you're speaking bad of the cute young girl at the office. No, the lion roars in all kind of ways. Well, my wife's busy. She didn't have time for me. And this girl's so kind to me. And, oh, Mr. So-and-so, how was your weekend? You know, it's all pleasant and coming on to you a little bit. She doesn't mean anything by it. Next thing you know, you're in some hotel room, bada bing, bada boom, and your marriage is in trouble. You say, well, it's just a little friendly flirtation. It ends up nowhere good. You say, well, you're not going to have any fun. Let me tell you something. I'm having so much fun, but my fun is a whole lot more fun this side of the line, this side of the rail, in bounds, not out of bounds. That verse, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. How are you providing allowing the lion to roar into your life and saying, I know how you're gonna come hit me, so I tell you what, I'll leave all the gates open, all the doors open, everything open, come and get me. And here's the way I've provided for that. For some people, I, you know, I'm gonna leave somebody out. Maybe you're a deal smoking pot, you're trying to quit smoking pot, you go home a certain way where you buy your weed or somebody you know, you've gotta get away from those people. You say, well, I'll have to drive out of my way. Make no provision for the flesh. Go home a different way. Get away from those people. You say, well, I'm really not gonna do it. Yes, you are. You're thinking about it. You're contemplating it. Well, I'm not really gonna do that. You're fantasizing about your roar. And then we wonder why we get entrapped again. Job chapter one, verse seven. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Now he is not omnipresent. The devil is a created being who can only be one place at a time, but he is somewhere today. And what is he doing? He is walking around. He's looking to take somebody out. I'm not big enough, you know, cheese to be messing with probably. So I'm probably never gonna be near him physically, personally. But he's got lots of minions, lots of demons, and they are poking at you. You say, well, I don't believe that. You're going to see the manifestation of that sooner or later. It's evil. You're gonna be confronted with it. You are being confronted with it without even knowing it because you say, well, I don't think that's what that is. I refuse to call it what it is. He is after you. You are a target. There is an adversary and you are the prey. So he's walking around on the earth to and fro. Go to the next chapter, Job chapter two, verse two. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. He was back. He goes up somehow and talks to God. You say, this is crazy stuff. I didn't write it. I just read it. I just work here. You know, I don't make this stuff up. It's what it says. So somehow there is interaction between Satan and God. Satan cannot do anything to you without God's permission. Now listen to this. He is not allowed to do anything to you unless God allows it or one other thing. You allow it. So how am I allowing it? Go to Ezekiel, a few pages to the right. Promise you it's in there. Example here in the Old Testament, describing this lion situation. 
Ezekiel 23, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured people. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. The priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath so that I am profaned among them. So who's he talking about? He's talking about religious leaders, the people who are supposed to be leading God's people, that this is what they've gotten into. They are tearing up the body. Go to Zechariah chapter three. Keep going to the right. I promise it's a little bitty book, but it's in there. And Zechariah here is having a vision. He's had a vision here of Joshua, not the Joshua associated with Moses. It's a different Joshua. But he has this vision in Zechariah chapter three, verse one. And he says this, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. So whatever he saw in this vision, whoever this Joshua was, was a big dog because Satan had shown up and is standing there right next to him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? And goes on to say, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, let him put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and they put on clothes on him and the angel of the Lord stood by. All right, now let me go back to one of my original things. Why are you big game if you are big game? Because God has allowed you to be born. He has allowed you to live. He has allowed you to somehow survive whatever you've survived to accomplish something. It is him who lives in you, moves in and through you to accomplish something in the earth. If the enemy is after you, it is because he is trying to stop you. Because if he can stop you, he can stop God's purpose in your life. You say, well, little old me, there's just little old me. What difference does that make? Every single person in here makes a difference. You say, well, I don't believe that. Then you need to read your Bible, spend some time with God and get to the place where you understand you are chosen. You got picked. If you are a Christian, you got picked. You say, well, I don't believe that. Then you either are not a Christian or you need to get healthy and spend some time with somebody that can encourage you and build into you. And what the enemy does is he says, okay, that guy is big game. He is gonna create problems for hell itself. We've got to take that man, that woman, that kid out. Because if they get connected, rightly connected, and trust God, and walk with God, and believe this stuff, and do what they're supposed to do, and be who they're supposed to be, they're gonna wreak havoc on our plan. So he assigns troops to take you out, to take me out. You better be praying for me. If you say you love me at all, you better be praying for me and my wife and my kids because all hell breaks loose in my house. And it better be happening that way or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Do you see that? Expect attack. Some guys sign up, go into the military and they're disappointed that they don't get on the front lines. You ever talk to somebody like this? Some 18, 19 year old kid enlists in the Marines or something. And if they try to tell them you got a desk job, they're almost upset sometimes. Why? They want to fight. 
Give me a weapon, put me out there. But there's not a soldier anywhere that expects to go out into a battlefield and come back without any damage, any scars, any scrapes, any dirt, any anything. You're gonna get hit. And you recoup, you recover, you say, okay, God, I got hit, I'm down, and I don't even wanna look at the crowd because I got too many people been hit here. Okay, so you're down, so you got taken out. You are not dead. If your deal was done, you'd be out of here. Now, is everybody paying attention to this? If you're so finished, what are you still doing here? What are you still listening for? I had this conversation with a guy who's sitting in this room today, almost died, physically sick, almost died. And I said, dude, you could be out of here. The fact that you are still alive, you're recovered, you are healthy, means that God is not done. So get after it. Do what he's telling you to do. And don't let the enemy steal what it is God's trying to give you. He is a lion. He is a snake. He is a real enemy. And he finds these ways to weasel his way, and he doesn't even have to weasel. He announces his presence, and almost like declaring, I am a king of this jungle. Let me tell you something. There's another lion in the book. He's referred to as the Lion of Judah. Lion of Judah trumps roaring lion every time. Get you some Lion of Judah, Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's jump in here at verse 9. And he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. He's just talking about his friends. This guy ditched. He's out. You know what? Let me just say this because I've read this little piece here. You can ditch. You can walk away. And people do this. Doesn't mean you won't come back. And I'm talking about from this church. I'm talking about from Christ himself. You can walk away. And people do it every day. They quit. And God will never stop loving you. He won't love you any more right now than he does when you do that. It doesn't affect that at all. But there are consequences to going AWOL. And if you think you're struggling now, wait till you get out there. It won't take but a few weeks and you will be in the lion's den literally. It is not a pretty picture. Talks about these friends, these people. Bring the cloak. I left my cloak. Carpus at Troas when you come. And the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. And then he says in verse 17, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. And the fascinating thing about reading that vision over in Zechariah is you have the picture there of Joshua and Satan standing there and the angel of the Lord, all of them together. And literally, he's just said, no one stood with me, all forsook me. But then in verse 17, obviously someone did stand with him because he said, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. You can be delivered out of the mouth of the lion, literally or spiritually. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. 
You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. Now, why do I go at this so hard? Mostly it's for me, it's not even for you. Some of this is just a reminder to me that I am under attack. If I'm under attack, you are under attack. And if you are not under attack, you are probably not in the battle. And I don't care what it is you have thought about yourself, what it is you even think about yourself right now, you have got to change your way of thinking and understand if you are a Christian, you got picked. And if you got picked, God doesn't make no junk is what I grew up hearing. If you got picked, then you have a purpose. And if you have a purpose, then God has a plan to work that out. And he is trying to do something in you and through you. And the enemy is going to throw whatever he can at you. And you already know what that probably is. Pay attention. Be sober, vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If you get eaten alive, a lot of it is your own responsibility and my responsibility. So pay attention. None of us have much longer to live. Nobody in here has got more than about 100 years if you live to that. So you just make it to the finish line. Pay attention to the finish line. Find out what it is God made you to be and to do and let him do that. You've been listening to Richard Ellis Talks. We really appreciate that you've spent this time with us, but we want to keep the conversation going with you. A couple of ways you can connect with us is by giving us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD. That's 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is through our website, richardellistalks.com. You can email us, sign up to get the daily talk sent to your phone each day, write on the prayer wall where we can pray for you, or even stay in touch through our Facebook page at Talk with Richard. We love bringing you the program every day, but it means even more to us when you let us know how the program has helped you. So call 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, if you enjoy the program, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. richardellistalks.com. So until next time, have a great day and thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.